forgive me for being exactly who I am Forgive me for crossing paths once again Isn't it funny that life dictates who I am? Welcome to the In Newman Podcast, the podcast that lets us speak to our past selves. Today is Tuesday, October the 27th, 2020. I thought on this episode we may talk about money. Because money is one of those things I don't think any of us ever really understand growing up. Uh, you know, as we're younger. Some people do. Some people get lucky. They have... Uh, excellent examples of what to do with money, how to manage money, how to make money, how to just have money. Some of us, though, we, we grow up a, a little less fortunate in that area. You know, I had good examples. Um, you know, my mom worked really hard. She was really good at managing what little money we had. She was good at saving money, making Christmases happen, stuff like that. She did a whole lot with very little. I can remember, you know, several times, and up till just recently, wondering, and I've even asked her this before, how on earth she made Christmas happen, and the explanation she gave me for it still blows me away. Uh, and her, her exact words were, you know, at that time we had layaway. So, you know, you lay away stuff at the beginning of the year, and you just pay on it all year and pick it up as you can, but they don't have that anymore, so it made life a little harder. That's only part of it. The other part I wanted to talk about was perceptions growing up. And what I mean by that is, is you know, as a kid you grow up, you have TV shows, uh, you see families on TV, you see your heroes on TV, you see um, the things, I guess, that Hollywood wants you to see on TV. I grew up watching shows like Charles in Charge, The Brady Bunch, um, Growing Pains, Silver Spoons, all that stuff. And you always had exterior shots of the houses. And the houses have stuck with me for all these years. And, and I guess that's probably where my love of, of split-level houses came from, uh, which is probably why I live in one now. I've always, I've always had a thing for them. And so, you know, I grew up, I can remember as a kid looking at those houses on TV and wondering how does a person get a house like that? What do these people do? Even at a young age, I always wondered what people do. Uh, you know, you, you see memes on Facebook or wherever um, about the McAllister house from Home Alone. And the meme says, you know, what on earth did Kevin, McAllister, Kevin McAllister's dad do for a living? And it, it was a question, you know, that's not a new question for me. And I wonder if it's a new question for anybody else. You know, I can remember being 10, 11 years old. You knew what Mike Brady did for a living. He was an architect. That was well explained. Uh, the guy on Silver Spoons, I think, was an inventor or something. This, this was a show where they had the, the miniature train in their house. I never did quite know um, what the dad on Growing Pains did. I know what he went on to do. He went on to become Burt Gummer. Uh, so, you know, maybe even back then he was, he was an arms dealer or something. Who knows? It was Michael Gross on Growing Pains. 
And, you know, a lot of these families, it was just, you know, assumed that everything was, was cool. You know, you didn't, need, you didn't need to know certain information because you weren't there to learn that information from that show. But I can remember being a kid. I can remember being a not well-off kid. You know, uh, looking at these houses and these families who, who did all these things and, and the kids had all these things. And I thought, you know, how do they do that? How do they do that? How does how does the dad, you know, that and, and in most of those shows, the dad worked, mom stayed home. You know, it was a nuclear family. So I just knew that my mom worked her fingers to the bone and how difficult it was for her to maintain everything. And so it made me just wonder, you know, how far out of reach that stuff was. And I remember going to school with people whose houses were very nice. And I remember wondering what their parents did. And I remember wondering how or if I'd ever achieve that. Because, it, you know, they were, as far as immediate um, influences, the only one I can think of really was, was my grandparents on my mom's side. They had a nice house. But, you know, it, it was also helped through my uncle that, that owned his own business. And, you know, he lived with them for a very long time. So, you know, there was, there was more income there. I didn't understand that at the time as a kid. You know, kids don't really understand money. You, who as a kid understands the concept of money? I didn't. Maybe some of you guys did. The only concept of money that I got as a kid was money doesn't grow on trees. Which, you know, is, is true. Money doesn't grow on trees. But as a kid, you don't really understand what that means. And growing up into adulthood, it really didn't have a whole lot more bearing on that for me. And one of the big things I wish I'd have, I'd have learned at a younger age was debt. How debt works. You know, you hear people say stuff like, debt's easy to get into, get into hard to get out of. And that's absolutely true. That makes all the sense in the world. Debt is really easy to get into and really hard to get out of. I didn't know how percentage rates worked. Uh, you know, I honestly didn't know how percentage rates really worked until I was probably 20 or 21, maybe even 25. I don't know. Um, because to be perfectly honest, I was not the sharpest knife in the drawer for a very long time. And I just kind of wafted my way through life is kind of the way I feel about it now that I'm 40. You know, at 40, looking back on my 20s, my teens, my high school years, I was I feel like I was the stupidest person on the face of the planet. You know, I definitely was lazier than I should have been. And I think some of my difficulties learning about financial stuff and having all these questions maybe came from some of that laziness. You know, I look back at that person, I definitely think, man, he really needed somebody to, to take him aside and, and say, hey, I see that you're struggling, you're kind of lost, let's go have a conversation. I don't know that it would have done all the good in the world, but it probably would have done a lot more than, you know, just me trying to figure things out on my own, for sure. You know, I knew people worked. I knew you had to work to get money. And as a teenager, you know, even a young teenager, even as a kid, you always got sold the hard work pays off. You know, if you want something, you have to work hard for it. Okay, well, that sounds right. It makes, it makes sense that if you want something, you have to work hard for it. Because from what I can tell now that I'm 40, anything worth doing is going to be a challenge. 
I don't know anybody who just has an easy time with, with everything they do. And if those people have an easy time with everything they do, then they're probably just kind of coasting through life a little bit. Because, you know, college wasn't easy for me. My graduate degree wasn't easy for me. My job is not easy for me sometimes. What I do professionally is not easy for me. And so, you know, that if you want to work hard, or if you want something, you, you have to work hard for it. That's true. But when I was younger, I didn't understand what that meant. I thought maybe that just meant go out, find a job, and just work. Work as hard as you can, whether, you know, it's $7.50 an hour or whatever. Go there, work as hard as you can, and then you'll be rich eventually. Or, you know, go there, work as hard as you can, and then you'll have your own home eventually. And I think that's that's where, you know, I don't know if I failed myself on that one. I don't know if my education failed me a little bit on that one. I don't know if maybe they tried to give me that one during my education and I just missed it because, like I said, I was not the most studious person on earth. In fact, I was a lot lazier than I should have been. And I'm probably not the only one who's made that mistake. So, you know, growing up, I didn't know how debt and money and finances and all that stuff worked. I knew what I'd seen my mom do. I knew the things that she had taught me. And those things have held up. Probably of all the things I've learned in the last 40 years, the stuff my mom, my parents, you know, my grandparents have taught me have held up the most over the years. They're the only things I know that I can for sure count on. Now that I understand if you work hard, you'll have good things. Now that I understand what that actually means and how that works, my life is much better than it was. Now that I understand debt's easy to get into, hard to get out of, and how that works, my life is, is a lot more straightforward and on path. Now that I understand that TV isn't real, that it's really easy to write a family of eight who live in a three-story brick house in the suburbs and dad runs uh, a machine down at the, the factory. Now that I understand that that's false and that really doesn't happen all that much, my life is a lot clearer. But these are all things that growing up had, a, had an effect, and I'm not blaming anybody for anything. It's just that, you know, these are things, I guess that's the folly of youth. You don't really understand what's going on for many, many years, and then you do. Because I can remember, you know, having, you know, getting talking, getting talking to uh, from my mom when I made Fs. I can remember, you know, having to sit down and, and get told all the way that I was doing things wrong, and it didn't sink in. I mean, obviously, I tried to fix my grades because I, I didn't want any more lectures. I didn't want my mom to, you know, give me the talking to anymore or be grounded or be in trouble. I fixed it for that reason. But I didn't understand that if I took the initiative to just fix that on my own and give it the effort it deserved, there would be so much more of a reward that it would mean more for me in the long run. But, you know, when you're a kid, when you're young, even into my teenage years, I didn't see past the weekend. School was an obstacle to getting to be lazy on the weekends. 
So, you know, and even when I got my first job, I've, I've worked, I worked with my uncle from the time I was 14 to the time I was 18 as pretty much a gopher in his construction business. And then at 19, I got my first real, you know, part-time job when I worked at a grocery store that was about five minutes from my house. And then at 21, I entered the workforce, you know, full-time thinking I was going to be rich. Uh, because I got my first, you know, $7.50 an hour job, and they talked like, you know, in two years, if I was just, if I just showed up and did stuff, that I would be making, you know, $50,000 a year. It didn't work out that way, of course. That was Sykes Enterprises over in Pike County, and that place was really, really difficult. Uh, they shut down a few years after, you know, probably two or three years after I quit, they shut down. They left. Um, you know, there are rumors as to why. I won't get into those. So, you know, and, and it just seems like for the longest time in my life, if I look back on it now at 40, my life has been a, a, just a collection of one thing and then another. And it all comes from because I misappropriated the old adage of if you work hard, you'll eventually be successful. Well, I didn't realize working hard and being successful are two variables that are insanely broad. Okay, my idea of hard work may be different from your idea of hard work. My idea of success may be different from your idea of success. Our idea of hard work and, and success may be different than somebody else's who may live in Texas's idea of success. My idea of success may, may be that, you know, I can, I can afford a single wide trailer. You know, I'm just on my own. I can afford a single wide trailer and, and just take care of myself. Somebody else's idea of success may be that they're, they own their own business and they're rich and they never have to worry about anything. And then, you know, somebody else's idea of success may just be, okay, I got through today. And there are a lot of people like that here and, and, and a lot of those people are like that through no fault of their own. You know, it's just, it's, it's survival mode. How do I get through today? And at one point in my life, I was like that, and and it's it's been a rough pa it's been a rough month. So I've been back to, all right, I just need to get through today. But you know, eventually, I need to get through today. If I just keep doing it, will turn into all right. I'm okay. All right. So let's just let's let's do our thing. And oh, look, we get paid tomorrow. So. I guess that's one, the biggest thing that I would like to go back and talk to myself about is to help myself fully understand what, you know, when the grown-ups are looking at you and saying, if you work hard, you'll be successful. Debt's easy to get out, get into, but it's hard to get out of. You need to be responsible. If I could go back and talk to myself, if I could pick an age where I first needed to know that, I'd probably start at nine. You know, nine-year-old kids sitting there in front of the television, watching Silver Spoons or Growing Pains, Brady Bunch. And he's, you know, sitting there wondering, how do I get that house? I want that when I grow up. I would probably sit him down and, and tell him, you know, this is all a story. I know it doesn't come across that way, and it's easy to get caught up in the fact that this is fiction. 
because, you know, escape after a certain time kind of becomes a form of reality. You start to believe it. So I would tell that nine-year-old kid, pay special close attention to what they say Mike Brady does. He's an architect. Do you know what that is? That's a person who designs buildings for a living. That means he probably has a master's degree in architecture or engineering or whatever. That means he went to college. That means he spent money. He has a house, so that means he probably saved money for the down payment. Because you won't get a house for zero down payment. You have to save something. You have to understand that money is not one of those things that if you just sit there and wait, it's going to come to you. Houses are not one of those things that if you just sit there and wait, they're going to come to you. So this guy on TV, who's got you know a wife and six kids and a housekeeper... He makes a lot of money. And he makes that money because he recognized the need to achieve these goals. That way he could reach the overall objective, which was he wanted to have his own house. He wanted to have his own family. So he recognized he needed money, that money has to come from somewhere, and that he needed a lot of money. So he spent the time and effort. He was not lazy. He spent the time and effort to go to college, to make good enough grades to get into a college. Or maybe he went to community college first to get everything straight. Maybe he was a crappy student in high school. But somehow, at some point in his life, he recognized the need to get these things in a row, he needed good grades. He needed to work hard on those good grades to maintain them so that way he could get into a college, so that way he could get this degree that would allow him to go on and make all this money to achieve these things he wanted to achieve. And I think that was my biggest problem was that I had my cart before my horse. And what I mean by I had my cart before my horse was I had the idea that, like everybody, nobody, I don't think anybody grows up saying, you know what, I want to be poor, I want to struggle, I want to have more debt than I need to have, and I want to, you know, live paycheck to paycheck. I've never met anybody who grows up to say that. Everybody I've ever known has, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, wanted to be some kind of successful, whether it be I own my own home, I don't live with my parents anymore, or I have a college degree, or I own my own business, or whatever. I've never met a single solitary soul that said, you know what, when I grow up, I'm just going to float, and I'm going to see what happens. And those, you know, you probably, you know, your mileage may vary on that one. Maybe you met some people who did say that. So my nine-year-old self, I would immediately start with trying to set him straight on the understanding that, that this TV is, is fake. And you know what, that... There's probably going to be some people out there saying, well, duh, Sean, of course TV's fake. Are you stupid? But that gets back to, as a nine-year-old, how impressionable you are and how easy it is to go from understanding that you're watching a make-believe thing on television to saying, I want that house, and then starting to believe the story. It's not hard to convince a kid to believe a story. So yes, TV's fake. I know that now that I'm 40. So when I'm sitting here watching reruns of Brady Bunch or Charles in Charge, I'm like, oh, that's a stage in there, blah, 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 blah. I know it's fake now. To an extent, I knew it was fake then, like most other kids. I knew He-Man wasn't real. You're not going to find a sword stuck in a stone out in the back of the field. And if you do, chances are somebody put it there and it's not going to give you magic powers. I knew Thundercats wasn't real. 
I knew G.I. Joe wasn't real. I knew the Brady Bunch and Silver Spoons and all those other things wasn't real. But I knew they had things that I wanted in my life that I wanted to model my life after. And I thought that if I just waited long enough when I became 18, it would happen automatically. Well, it didn't. And so I think that's the second checkpoint in my life where I would have a discussion with myself would be probably 17, 18 years old, getting ready to leave high school, getting ready to go out into the world. You know, you'll, you'll hear people say something like, well, there's nothing wrong with just having a job. And to an extent, that's true. And I thought that for a very long time. You know, my, my thought progression was, this is how life works. You grow up, you go to high school, you graduate high school, you go get a job, you go get married, you go have kids. Because that, that's what it looks like. You know, stop me if I'm wrong. Maybe somebody else believed the same thing. And the progression at that point was nearing its second phase. I was about to graduate high school. So at 18, I thought, okay. So I graduate high school. I go to college. But, you know, lazy kids in, in college don't really mix all that well. Uh, you know, students who aren't very good students, who don't put the effort in to become a very good student, doesn't generally do very well in college. So at 18 years old, I went to, it was then it was called PCC, Prestonsburg Community College. It's now BSCTC, uh, Big Sandy Community and Technical College. So I went to PCC at that time, and I lasted one semester. You know, the habits that you develop in high school will carry through to, co- through to college without some kind of serious intervention. And they carried through, and I got the result of that lack of work. So flunked out first semester. Made all the excuses, of course, you know, whatever. And then I, I went to work part-time. And at that time, minimum wage was like $5.25 an hour. And so, you know, I thought if I was making just more than that, everything else would fall into place. It would make sense. And as a you know, young man of that age, I wanted the cool car. And, I, you know, that comes, that comes from just growing up certain ways. You know, you, I, you identify as always wanting a cool car. You want the things that you never had. And so I realized I could get loans for cars. Wow, okay, all right, I can go get a loan for a car and just make payments on it. Well, that's not that hard. You know, loan payment on a car is $325 a month. If I get a job for seven fifty an hour, I'll make work you know full time. I'll make a thousand dollars a month. That's no problem at all, and that's actually that makes sense. You know, as a as a teenager, if you get a job for seven fifty an hour and your only goal is to live with your parents, buy your car, you'll be fine. But I also at twenty one wound up getting married, and this is this is where the poor decision making skills start to really affect my life. So I would go back to my 18-year-old self and I would say, you know, I would sit him down and I would have a talk with him. And I would say, up to now, you've somehow managed to get by. You know, you had to have your talkings to. You know, your mom had to sit you down and give you speeches for years and years and years in school because of your poor performance. And it was all due to laziness because you're actually, you know, you're a fairly intelligent mammal. You could do so much better if you would apply yourself. And I can remember my mom telling me that one. Just She didn't call me an intelligent mammal. She called me a smart kid. 
And so I would tell him, you know, I'm your, I'm your, you at 40 years old. What you're about to step into is going to be one of the hardest, longest enduring things you will ever get yourself into. And you are woefully unprepared because you are lazy. You're not stupid, but you are lazy. And you need to understand that you don't know how debt works. And you don't know how payments work. And you don't know that this stuff has a lasting effect on your life. You need to understand that success is not just going to come to you if you sit there and wait on it. And success is a weird word that really nobody knows how to fully describe anyway. The stuff you saw as a kid is not going to happen. And these old people telling you, you know, that you think are silly. These people telling you that, well, if you just, you, you know, if you just work hard enough, you'll be successful. They're trying to tell you that you're about to have to work very hard if you want to have a decent life. And it doesn't matter where you work. And the hard work will start with choices. And the hard work will start with, I have to stop being lazy so that I can prepare for these things. And that would be probably the biggest speech I would give myself. You have to realize that hard work starts right now. Hard work started 13 years ago when you stepped foot in the classroom that first time at five years old. And, and you know, you, you colored your best on the picture. When... Miss Osi was standing over you going, Sean, you left a white spot there. You need to fill that in. And you felt like she was challenging you or trying to criticize you. She wasn't trying to criticize you. She was trying to show you that if you take, the, if you take your time and you do things right, it will teach you discipline. It will teach you the things you will need, the foundational building blocks that you'll need to have a life to where the hard work doesn't seem so hard or so daunting anyway. It, does, it won't seem like you know, you're trying to stack concrete blocks up that way a ton. It'll give you the foundational stuff you'll need that when the hard work does come and when those hard choices do present themselves, you'll know that you can do it because you've done it before. Because my 18-year-old self had no clue what it meant to make a hard choice. My 18-year-old self thought if, it, if he played the victim card hard enough, he would be given what he wanted. And that kid found out, you know, years later down the road that that's not how it works. That's not how life works. I found out later on, life doesn't care about you at all. That's what I learned. And I learned that probably about 20, 24, 26, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then I learned it again when I was 33 and, and went through my first divorce and, you know, almost had a nervous breakdown. So at 18, I would give myself the whole, you've been lazy your whole life. You're not ready for the hard work. You need to make sure that you understand and go back and try again and build those foundational things before you try life. Because when you step out into it, life will just walk all over top of you and it doesn't care. And I guess... One more place where I would probably have a conversation with myself about, about those things. It's probably 25. I had my first kid then, my son, who is 15 years old now. And I was still under the impression that I was owed something. By then, I had already, I think I'd already lost a job. My first, I'd lost my first job at that point. Um, 
I had worked at, at uh, Otter Creek Correctional Center and I had lost, I lost that job. I'd never been fired before in my life. And I was mad and I thought, well, you know, screw them. I was doing my job and I knew how to do my job and I did my job the best of my abilities and I was really good at my job and this is their fault. It's their loss. They lost that on me. I didn't lose that on them. I'll go find another job easily. And I didn't. I did find another job. I worked for R&S Godwin, which was one of the toughest experiences of my life. And, and I got a really good first-hand education in that just because somebody else can do it doesn't mean you can. That one, that one I learned the hard way. Uh, you know, there, there are these things that, that you hear people say, well, if one man can, another man can. Yeah, you can, but man, I'm telling you what. It's going to get you because I went to R&S Godwin thinking it was going to be and, you know, I knew it was going to be tough. I, w I wasn't crazy. I knew it was going to be tough, but I thought it would be easier than it was. And it, it almost killed me the first two weeks. It was rough. Uh, the guys who do what those guys at R&S do, those are some tough hombres, man. Like it's hot in that building and it's never not hot. Even when it's tw 10 degrees outside, it's probably 100 in the building. And you're working in heat all day. And it is back-breaking, constant labor. And, you know, you we have this weird association with manual labor in this country that if people do it, they're stupid. These guys were neither stupid nor lazy. Some of these guys had been doing this for 15, 20, 30, 40 years. And they were some of the smartest guys I'd ever met. Some of the most skilled guys I had ever met. And by the time I got used to that job, other opportunities presented themselves. And, you know, to be honest, I hated the fact that I was scalding my arms every day with, with a uh, grinder. You know, my, I would come home every evening and my arm would be burnt enough that I would have to put cream and stuff on it. Because grinders don't play around, especially those big industrial two-handed ones. You know, they throw some hot sparks, man. And eight hours a day, ten hours a day in that, you come home with blistered arms every day and, you know... It got it got rough, so I wanted out. And to this day, anybody who stuck with running a, a industrial grinder for 15, 20, 30, 40 years, my hat's off to you, man. That is not an easy life. All the respect in the world for people who can do that. I couldn't do it. Wouldn't want to do it again. I could probably force myself to do it if I were starving, but that would that would be a hard choice for me to make. So I would go back to myself at 25 and I would say, Junior, you got no idea what you're about to walk into. You are way more self-centered than you have any right to be. You are way too lazy to be as self-centered as you are. You don't know enough about debt and you don't know enough about finances and you don't know enough about how to manage money for you to be as cocky as you're acting. So you need to chill. So those are the times that I would have those conversations with myself because in the, last, in the last few years, I've learned a lot. I've learned a ton about finances and about economics and about managing money and, and stuff like that. You know, my fiance and I, we just recently bought our first home together. You know, this is not the first place I've ever lived in. This, I've rented homes before. Uh, I have, you know, at one point I owned a trailer 
don't live in that anymore. Lost that through bankruptcy when I was younger because, like I said, I was lazy and stupid and those are not a good combination to have. But it, since then, I've learned how to be really tight with money. I've learned... I've not learned how to be really tight with money. I've learned that some things matter and some things don't regarding expenses. Going out on the weekend, having a good time, you know... Spending your last 50 bucks to go have a good time and then trying to worry about how to get to work for the next week is not a life that you want to live. Sure, tips to, you know, trips to Tennessee are fun, but if you spend your last thousand bucks in Tennessee on a room and having fun and riding go-karts and then you get back home and you realize there's nothing left in the bank or, heaven forbid, you're $200 overdrawn in the bank and it's two more weeks to payday, you're in big trouble. I've learned that things like that those set up a kind of stress that just they make life way harder than life needs to be. And life is already hard enough. I mean, even though my fiance and I both have master's degrees and decent, 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 I got to you know, lisp. We have decent professional careers. We have decent professional careers. Life can still get pretty tough. We just got hit with a $1,500 HVAC repair bill. I mean, that wiped out our savings. Now we get to rebuild all of that and that's no fun. So, you know, being lazy and stupid are no way to go through life, especially if you have any idea that you may want to later on try to have something for yourself. Live your life however you want to live it, but understand, you know, laziness ain't going to serve anybody any well. It certainly didn't serve me well at all. I mean, it hindered my progress for many, many years, and I wish I'd have learned this lesson sooner because I can remember my dad and my grandpas and my uncles and my mother all telling me about the sin of laziness. And it is a sin, you know, and evidently it's a sin for a reason. It's, it's bad for you. I just didn't take them up on it. I wish I had. And this is, these are conversations I wish I could have with my younger self and say, you need to listen to these people who were telling you to stop being lazy because they're not being mean to you. They're trying to let you know that you're going to be here long after they're gone and they're not going to be here to take care of you forever. You need to learn to do this hard work and build these foundations so that you can better take care of yourself. If you want Mike Brady's house, you ain't going to get it with D's and a shitty attitude. So, pardon my French, I didn't mean to say the S word there just a second ago, but I did, so forgive me. Hopefully we can still be friends after this. What would you say to yourself about finances and debt and economics and being lazy? What would you go back? I mean, where would you start with yourself? Would you start at 9? Would you start at 16? Would you start at 12? Would you start at 5? Would you tell your 25-year-old self, hey, you're way lazier and stupider than you have any right to be cocky about. Maybe you want to tone it down just a little bit. Shoot us an email. A Newman Podcasts. E-N- E-O-U-E-M-E-N-T podcast at gmail.com Let us know. Till next time, this has been the Enuman Podcast, a podcast where we can talk to our past selves. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Forgive me for being exactly who I am 
Forgive me for crossing paths once again Isn't it funny that life dictates who I am?